Hi, I'm Jack. And I'm Kevin. This is Good Company in the Car. Can't help it, the girl can't help it. Can't help it, the girl can't help it. If she walks by, the mean folks get in grow. Can't help it, the girl can't help it. Good afternoon. Yeah. How are you? I don't Yeah, I'm a bit of a fine. cold. <laughs> I don't know this. I was I was a little sicky and then I thought I was better. Now I'm a little sicky again. Well, and everybody has it. Yeah. Everybody. It's the stuff my of memes sister, right now. My sister has it. Yeah. The guys the, the just everybody's got everybody. Everybody's got a little bit of the something in the back of their yeah. throat. It's been that way all winter. I Yeah, the, my third proper cold of the of the winter. This is the, this is you know like the zombie apocalypse. This is what's going to bring it on. Gonna bring us all everybody's got it's not going to be the covid. It's just going to be the common be cold. This weird cold thing that everybody has. Wasn't that in the War of the Worlds that the aliens are taken that's down what, by? Yes, a, that's a, what took them out. A virus. And then I was at work the other day and I'm like, well, you sound sick and you sound sick. And I said it out loud and uh. they're like, I'm not sick. And I'm like, you sound different. Yeah. So, hey, did you ever see that episode of Friends when Phoebe gets cold and it makes her voice kind of thick and raspy and she likes it? <laughs> so they're thinking like, Phoebe, you sound really good. She's like, I have this cold. I love it. And then she gets better. And then she goes around trying to get sick. She's like licking coffee mug handles and stuff. And very funny. It was a, a beautiful day, though. And um, one of my favorite things to see is the uh, crocus buds are out. So it's, uh, you know, sure well, it's, it, it's supposed to. It's supposed to not. There's not supposed to be another cold snap, is there? No. I, not not that I know of, that the those long term predictions that no one makes, that, they're they're garbage. Yeah. And um, uh, what took, was the one I sent you? Lombard Street Larry <laughs> from from, uh, from Baltimore. Baltimore. It's a rat. It's the nasty rat came out of the hall. Lombard Street Larry. You didn't see a shadow. Get... <laughs> <laughs> Baltimore. You, Baltimore takes it on the chin. Well, they have to. Uh, they got to. Yeah. And um, yeah. So you made uh, asparagus soup. I made asparagus soup. And um, already well, something has happened. <laughs> I have a friend, Seth, and he calls asparagus stinky pea sticks. And uh, I made a big old vat of soup. Of, of asparagus, asparagus soup, soup yeah. And literally, I had two bowls of it. it. I don't think it's been within 45 minutes, half hour, 45 minutes. Uh, it's and been a little longer than I that. I went but... to pee and, uh, and this, the, that, that asparagus smell. And it's just, and I'm like, how could it be through already? It doesn't make sense. Sense, so I don't understand. That's the stuff. Of, the, even um, Austin Powers made uh, made yeah, fun yeah. of that. And uh, I love asparagus. It's really good. I love vegetables. Yeah. Like my mom. My mom used to laugh. It's like she never had. Their jokes of like, well, you know, the kid will eat it. Like you know, like. I, I love asparagus. I love potato. I love vegetables. I love food. God. Cuc- oh no. Okay, back when I was. <laughs> cucumbers? <laughs> no, I don't like cucumbers. Cucumbers and melons, the only food stuffs that I I try to avoid some green peppers from uh-huh. time. But yeah, I just I just eat. I just love food. Yeah. It's well, a sickness. It's I don't sickness. now it's it's a, it's it's a learned pattern. Did you know that we Uh-oh. learn to overeat? It's a um you you learn that as a as a coping mechanism. Children left to their own devices, babies and stuff won't overeat. That's a, a learned coping behavior for Really? That's a learned coping behavior for boredom. So if you put a bag of potato chips in front of a child, he's not going to eat them all? No. No. Huh. They won't. Babies will stop eating when they're full. So when I was a child and was given a bag of potato chips, I would eat them all. Mm-hmm. So what does that have to say? Well, you were, by then you were, what, five or six? Well, I, I'm I, talking I, about an infant, a one-year-old. They, they eat till they're full. They don't eat 
they don't eat. Mom would have to kind of um, back when I was skinny. Mom would have to as a little kid. Mom would have to like monitor and like if I she saw me get the grab a bag uh-huh. of grab potato chips, she would say pour some in a bowl. Yeah. Because otherwise, I just well, that's that's a classic dieting tip yeah. is to don't eat out of the bag. Just give yourself well, portions. You know, you're not going to do that. <laughs> you know, no, no, especially not now. I've, uh, yeah, it's bad. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's bad. So. It's not uh, the soup tastes good. Add another stick of butter. You know, so you know. Okay, well, we're going to do another interrogation. Wrong. We are. They're great, and this one is season one. Season one. Episode 17. Episode 17. Uh, came out in 2022. It's called A Family Tragedy. A Family Tragedy. And it doesn't make any sense why this guy did what he did. And um, But let's just get into it. Okay. Okay, we're in Wasika, Minnesota. Uh, it's Saturday, February 3rd, 2007. It's 3.23 in the morning, and a 911 call comes in, and it's 13-year-old Alec Krieger saying someone has entered their house and is shooting his parents. They hear another gunshot, and the line goes dead. This is Special Agent Michael Anderson. Alec Kruger had called 911 and reported that there had been an intruder at his residence and that his parents had been shot. You hear what sounds like a possible gunshot, and then the call goes dead. So within minutes, police arrive, and we see their dash cam footage. And this is back in 2007. I was thinking that dash cams and things like that were a much more recent thing, because this is 25 years years ago. This is 15 years ago? Uh, More than that. Almost... Coming up on... Math is hard. 17 years ago, but... um, And it's, of course... It's Wisconsin in February, so it's a bleak hellscape of snow. I was on a work trip once in... Minnesota. And (laughs) it it was... It was... The snow was as tall as the cars. And it was so... It's brutal. And they have elevated walkways in How do people live? I would just... I just don't. I. I mean, it was so yeah. cold. That's brutal. I had to buy. I almost bought a fur coat. <laughs> I went. I went shopping. And you I mean found, like the kind of fur coat you wear to a movie opening? No, yeah, like, a, no, like <laughs> I, I found a fur store and they had one that fit me. And I. You know, you wanted to buy it anyway. It. I, I. I did. You know why I didn't buy it? My credit card got declined because they never seen a, uh, you, a you, single purchase that high at one point. You tried to buy it? Yeah, oh yeah. I put my credit card down, <laughs> and my credit card company. He was like, no, Thank he doesn't buy company. these things. Oh, that's ridiculous. I ended up having, I ended up buying a, what is it with the feathers? A down, a Ca- down. I had down, to buy, yeah. because I was, the coat I had wasn't working, I wasn't cutting it. <laughs> this is Special Agent Michael Anderson. He lives in Wisconsin. As you go up the stairs is the main bedroom or the master bedroom. Alec was found lying on the bed and Tracy was on the floor on the opposite side of the bed in that main bedroom. Tracy Kruger and Alec Kruger were both deceased and appeared to have multiple gunshot wounds. Hillary Kruger had suffered a gunshot wound, and she was in very critical condition. So within minutes, police arrive at the home of Tracy and Hillary Kruger and their two sons, 13-year-old Alec and 10-year-old Zach. I learned later, Zach, Zach was at, not at a, there. He's at a sleepover down the road. It was very confusing at first because it kept saying the two kids, the two kids. Yep. Zach was not there. He was at a sleepover with friends. Thank the Lord. So this is Chief Deputy Trevor 
Kennewisher, and he's got the best Minnesota accent. So when I first drove up that night, there were two vehicles stuck at the end of the driveway, just east of the residence. You could see that both were stuck um, backwards in the ditch like they had spun out. So there are two trucks at the end of the driveway. Both have spun out. One of them has a little towing cable on the front of it. it one of them like was somebody... running, by the way. Oh, was it? In my research, was, one was, of them was let, still running. This idiot. So there's one pair of tracks, boot tracks in the snow around the vehicles. There's also a truck from a neighboring property has now been reported stolen. And here we go. The license plates were run on the vehicles, and that's what told us that one was registered to Michael Zabawa, and the other one was registered to the Kruger family. At that point, we are going to want to talk to Michael Zabawa. We had not processed the crime scene to any degree at that point. We hadn't been able to gather much information from the scene or any witnesses. Our plan to interview him certainly was just, you know, gather information about his timeline of events. So the one truck is registered to the Krugers, and the other is registered to... That was to the SUV. SUV to Michael Zabawa, and he had the truck. That's the pickup truck. So they don't really have any other clues to go on. They haven't really processed the crime scene, and they really want to talk to Zabawa. And while they're getting his address, Zabawa calls 911 to report his truck has been stolen. Unbelievable. So the police go to pick him up, and they, there's dash cam uh, police footage of him coming out with his mom. Right. And they get him in the truck to come down. And he, you can hear him talking in the back, and they're saying, well, I, I woke up this morning, and I looked out, my truck wasn't where I left it, so I, I, I'm assuming it was stolen. And his mom told him to call. Right. Now, the, 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 a little, uh, without trying to foreshadow too much, uh-huh. do you want to know why the mother walked the son down? Uh, okay. Her boss uh-huh. called her. Yeah. The police are looking for your kid. Oh, wow. And she's like, what? Yeah. He was here all night. Mm-hmm. Which came back to haunt her because she said, well, he got in. He was in. And they kept trying to accuse her of lying uh-huh. about the situation. She wasn't lying. Uh-huh. She just. She got her facts. She, no, it's your mom in the middle of the night. Right. She hears you come in. Yeah, no, I heard him come in. So the truck from the neighbor's house that was stolen ended up about 100 yards from the Zavawa residence. And there's one single set of footprints leaving the stolen truck from leading the- right up to the house. Now, uh, good company of the car listeners. So already. We have a scene of a murder. We have a truck registered to an individual in front of the residence. We have a stolen truck from that area found 100 yards from the house of the main suspect with footprints coming from the stolen vehicle to the residence of said person. That's how smart this guy this is. is. This is just, I, uh, I I kept shaking my head. Well, like, so we go straight to the interrogation room. The guys who, the police who are interrogating are in hoodies and pullovers and Carhartt they're like jackets. They're they're, they're, it looks like they've gone hunting. Sport. Yeah, they're like they just come from a football game or something. All right, here's Zabawa's first version of what happened. That's what I'm asking you to do right now, is tell Trevor and I the truth about where you were last night. No, you're at home. Oh, no. And what I'm concerned about is we found your truck, okay? We, I told you on the way up here, we, we yeah. know that's in the ditch. We also found a stolen truck, okay? Another pickup, not far from your house, okay? That was stolen close to where your truck was. We know you were out last night. Where were you drinking at? I mean, you know you're drinking. You already told me you're drinking. What difference does it make if you tell me where at? So, you know what I mean? Where were you drinking at? 
So I'm not going to play all of his interview because it's annoying and it's just him pretending that he doesn't understand what's going on. He constantly says, huh? And he answers really quietly. So at first he says he went to work and then he went home. And then after they probe him for a while, he went to work and then he went drinking with a friend and then he went home. And then he went to work, then he went drinking with a friend and then he went back to the friend's house. At one point they interviewed his mom. She said she heard him come in at like 3.30 in the morning. So they keep asking him to explain how his truck ended up in the ditch, and he just keeps answering, well, I went home. And he doesn't answer the question, and he's just playing obtuse. It's, I, it, I, I, it was hard to watch. He was playing so dumb. I think he's just not real smart. Uh, he's, not, he's not the sharpest tool. And that, you know, this is all coming from, you know, some videos and, and, and some in, in, interviews around him and stuff. I just don't think he's that smart. He does come across as a little, as, as dim. So at one point, the investigator says, when you get a really, they ask him, are these your boots you were wearing yesterday? He's like, yeah. Are we going to find those boots match the, tri-? no. Um, is this the, are we going to find your fingerprints on the truck? No. And when he says no, he says no, very you know, tentatively, but the investigator says, you know, when you get a no that confident, it kind of makes you think maybe you don't have the guy. So, well, I think what they meant by that was that there was no stammering. It was like, no, no. Uh, yeah, he didn't hesitate. There was no, there was no hesitation. There he was seemed no really thought. sheepish to me the way he was doing that. And then we'd ask, where, where'd you go? And he would rather uh, than say, I went to the bar, he'd just kind of point, I, which is like very indicative of someone lying. Yeah. I think, I think he was so detached at that point. Uh-huh. Like, he, the, like, it got out. I, I, not defending him, uh-huh. but I don't think he intended for all this to go down. I think it got out of hand because he just didn't seem. He'd never been violent before at all, ever. Uh-huh. So it just didn't seem. It didn't make any sense. Well, they're but, gonna. They're but not. I getting, have. I have research. They're not getting anywhere with this investigation. So they're gonna bring in another investigator who's gonna be a little more blunt to see if they can get him to start admitting to some things. We were kind of stuck in a, a pattern of this, you know, incremental admissions. We didn't feel that we had anything to lose at that point by trying another tactic. Introducing a new face, he may react differently. So enter Special Agent Gene Leatherman. What a great name for law enforcement. <laughs> and he comes in with a bag of food for, uh, what's Some, his name? Yeah. And he just immediately starts speaking to him as though they already have him in the house. He said, we know you did it. We know you were in there. We just need to know why you did it. Can you explain it? And and they start getting some traction. Yeah, hey, how are you guys doing? Good. Mike? This is Gene Leatherman. He's another agent with the State Crime Bureau, okay? Hey, I've been uh, monitoring your your conversations as you guys are going on in here. Talk about, like, what happened. Did you surprise the husband? Or, or what happened that led to the struggle? There's no one in the house. We know you were there. We are going to put you inside there. The only thing we don't have is your reason for doing it. Or did you go in there to go in and kill a little kid the same age as your sister? So the agent very cleverly says, "I." he's giving him a way out. He says, I, I think you were trying to protect yourself, weren't you? I mean... Uh, that would make sense to me that if the guy was trying to kill you, if Kruger was trying to kill you, you had to defend yourself. Is that is that maybe what happened? Then he just sheepishly says, yeah. And so Zabawa is now admitted to being in the house. He's admitted to shooting. They 
try to get him to elaborate. And he says that they actually struggled, that Kruger came out and confronted him, said, I'm going to kill you. They struggled with the gun. The gun goes off, it kills Kruger. The gun falls out of his hands, hits the wife. Then he's running down the stairs and the gun falls and, and shoots the kid. And they, they said something like it shot. He the Zimbabwe says three times, right? And it's a pump action we, shotgun. We, we get to that. We get to that bit from the 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 agent. So we are now five hours into the interrogation. It's, is it still? It's still an interview, right? At it's, this point, it, it's yeah, because he has not been read his Miranda right. Rights, so it's an interview, and he's not told he was arrested, and he hasn't asked for a lawyer. The other, he hasn't yeah. asked for a lawyer either. Stay the, stupid. The thing, <laughs> the thing that 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 I found incredibly odd or unusual, whatever, is even though it's winter in Wisconsin and it's cold, uh-huh. they are inside. Yeah, he is still sitting in the chair with his outside coat on zipped or buttoned oh, he, up. Oh, he's, he's trying to protect himself. Those are those visual cues when people cross their arms and they try to make themselves it smaller. Looks, and... To me, it looks so awkward. He's sitting in that chair with his outside coat on the whole time. <laughs> right. So five hours into the interview, they're getting him to start the story all over again from when he got his truck stuck in the ditch, and this is his version of what happened. From the time when you went in the ditch, start from the beginning, okay? So he keeps pretending to not hear the investigators, and I guess he's just stalling for time. We learn later from the wife that none of this is true. He claims that Zach, the boy who got shot three times, he claims Zach, the boy that was shot, the son that was shot, who's on 911 when he got shot, got shot when when he passed him and he dropped the gun accidentally and went off. But Zach was shot three times, 
and it's a pump-action shotgun, and that's not how it works. Alex was shot three times. Dropping the gun, it didn't go off three times. And if it did, it would be one time, not three times. It's a pump shotgun. It doesn't work that way. You got to love his accent. Oh uh, yeah. Also, in my research, you know the all the uh, the 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 forensic tests they do on the shotgun. This shotgun was thrown, dropped, flipped, kicked, everything, uh-huh. and it, they could Never not get it to, get go, it to go off, off accidentally. Yeah. So they place him under arrest and they charge him with two counts of murder. Um, it's now February twenty third, two thousand and nine. Almost two years after the murders. The jury has shown a lot of that interrogation footage, which makes him look real bad because story after story, he's deceitful from the get. I think the jury could see that he was lying and untruthful from the beginning. That was very important to show the jury that he wasn't telling the whole truth and the evidence supported what actually happened. He was found guilty on two counts of first degree premeditated murder, which were two consecutive life sentences. He got 216 months for Hillary's attempted murder. But he never showed any remorse for any of this. Never indicated he felt bad about what he did or provided a logical explanation or anything for it. And I don't think we'll ever know. So, as of the taping of this interrogation raw... He never gave any indication of why he did it. He never showed any remorse. I don't know if you found anything subsequently. If he ever admitted why he was in the house, what provoked him to go up into the house. He says that he, his truck got stuck in the snowbank. He went up to the house. He knocked on the door. The front door was locked. He tried the door, which sounded sketchy. He went over. He found the truck was open. There were keys in the truck. But then he saw the garage door opener. He opened the garage and he went into the house. None of that makes any sense. And he said he called out to people. It's all nonsensical. It's, it seems like he went into that house and just just killed these people for no good reason. The one thing that's coming into question is how much he actually had to drink. Because they tried to use that as an excuse uh, that he was... Intoxicated? His, his, uh, his defense tried to use the whole interview... Uh, tried to get that thrown out because they said, oh, he was hungover and was still drunk when he was brought into the interrogation. And the cops were like, no, he wasn't. Uh He wasn't at all. He wasn't. He was. Well, he admitted when they, the the audio of him in the car, they said he could smell alcohol in his breath. They said he could smell alcohol in his breath, but there's a big difference between having a drink or two and being hammered. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So, and of course we, you know, he's not known for his honesty at this point. So who knows? Yeah. So, um, this, this, I have a lot of information here. I'm going to try and streamline it as much as possible. And we still don't get any answers. Okay. Even with all the, all the research I did. Dumb, evil people create so much misery in this life. So Hillary, the wife who, who uh, was taken to the hospital, Uh she was, um, Coherent enough to give a description before she went to the hospital. Right. So they had a basic working. And she was also saying, we were asleep. My husband held up part of the mattress to try to shield us. All this kind of stuff. Uh, yeah. Uh, the bullets damaged her, inter- her. The bullets damaged her internal organs and she had to have an arm amputated. Oh, my God. So um, She had an arm amputated? She had to have an arm amputated. So she lost her husband and her oldest child. 
Thank, that's why I said, thank God, the youngest child was spending the night in somebody else's house. And she went through severe, I think she was in the hospital for a really, really, really long time. Oh, and the trauma. Yeah, just, yeah just, just the trauma. Mm. So, Zach, <laughs> well, we were talking, I know, Jesus. But actually, there's some. There's something good about that, so okay. I'll get to it. So, uh, Kruger's neighbor across the street learned that his pickup truck was missing, and he found fresh shoe prints uh, near where the pickup truck had been parked. Less than an hour later, the police found the missing pickup truck near Zimbabwe's house yeah, in another town. Right. And the observed shoe prints from the pickup came from the direction of... Or, or, Zimbabwe, uh, the, well, that too is Zimbabwe. Right, house, exactly. Right. Yeah, we oh, my that. God. So um, the uh, Sheriff's Department received a phone call at about the same time all this was, like, all this was happening at the same time mm-hmm. was when the Sheriff's Department received the call where Zimbabwe was, call- Zimbabwe was calling to report that his pickup truck was missing. Right. And the only reason that he called was because his mom kind of told him to do it. He right. was like, oh, my truck's gone. Somebody must have stole my truck. And her boss, all the, in the meantime, right. is like, my boss just called. The police are looking for you. I know. So uh, during the phone conversation uh, with the police telling them that the pickup truck was gone. stolen, they were like, um, we need to talk to you. And that's when all of that was orchestrated so that the, when they went to the house, his mother walked him down the driveway to the police because he wasn't arrested. He was not arrested. He was, you know, his mother walked him down and he okay. got in the car and they were away. At the <laughs> Kruger residence, police discovered an unlocked gun cabinet in the basement. So he just grabbed one on the way in. The gu- No, no, no. The basement. Oh. He went in through the garage. Oh, okay. So he was wandering around the around. house and found the gun cabinet and grabbed a rifle. So the gun shotgun. cabinet was missing a shotgun and ammunition was strewn around the floor. The gun located upstairs was the 12 gauge Winchester pump action shotgun that uh, and and extend the extended Why magazine. Would he was, had do a, this? I know it doesn't make any sense. With a capacity of eight shells, it had an extended magazine with a capacity of eight shells and was used uh, to fire all the shot. Uh, when you covered go in the goose house. hunting, when you go goose, when you're wildfowl, uh, yes. you're only allowed three shells. If you have one of those extenders in there, you've got more than three shells. They'll take your license and fine you. Ooh. Oh, and you can't use lead shot. Joe and uh, another friend of mine were. Um, Hunt, duck hunting one time and the um enforcement guy came up behind them really quietly they didn't realize it they had one lead shell in their bag because they'd been tar- shooting clay pigeons he busted both of them yeah they you got the licenses they a fine or something they got a fine and they got their, their uh, hunting licenses revoked yeah now, that's very seems serious dickish well it, it was <laughs> all right okay well i you know i'm not uh, okay 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 so uh in the interview process, Zimbabwe admitted that Tracy lifted up the corner of the bed and that he shot through the mattress. He eventually admitted to that? He denied getting the shotgun from the gun cabinet in the basement and maintained that Tracy came out of the bedroom with, with it. it. Yeah. And that shotgun was identified by... Ballistics? Tracy's uh, brothers. Yes, that is Tracy's shotgun. Okay. Yeah. So uh, uh, the lo- and they weren't in the habit of keeping it in the bedroom. Right. It was in the gun. Ba- it was in the gun cabinet in the basement. Right. So uh, Zimbabwe was twenty four uh-huh. at the time of the murders, and uh, you know he was convicted of two years later with sentenced uh, with life without parole. He was sentenced for multiple other in fact, like the attempted murder on on Hillary. It was, it was premeditated murder, uh-huh. but he was with multiple counts, so it ends up just being sentenced to life without parole. The um, um, 
he he Tracy was really into snowmobiling. And did you see the picture of the house? Their kids' snowmobile bikes were out in the snow. Yeah, no, no, not snowmobile. They're mini bikes. Yeah, we're just yeah. sitting there. They like riding them in the winter. I well, mean, you're a kid in Wisconsin. That rural setting. I mean, because it was a rural, it really rural was. setting. And I've said this before. I know I've said this before. People in the country leave their keys in their car. Yeah, they do. They, they and leave their, their doors and their mini locked. bikes on their back porch. <laughs> Okay, so basically what it boiled down to was Tra- uh, Zimbabwe killed that killed those people because he didn't want to get in trouble for using for 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 trying to use their car without their permission. Oh. That is what it the only thing that they can boil anything down to. Well, so he was going to use Oh, so he takes their truck, he gets that caught in the snow as well. He goes back into the house and kills them. Well, that is unknown. There's that that time frame is not known. They do not nothing that I could find and so, cuz I could find a lot of the court records. Let, let me let me tell you what I think is maybe the how it went. He gets there, he he wipes his truck out in the snow. He walks up to the Kruger house. He finds the keys in the car. He takes that down the hill because he's drunk. He wipes that one out. He goes back up the hill, goes it uses the door opener, goes into the house, and then he's going to kill them to cover up his crime, and then he steals from the neighbors. Uh, who knows? Who knows? None who of knows? it makes sense. So uh, Zimbabwe's employer was a local hog farmer, uh-huh. and he told them he told media that he seemed like an okay guy, and you can't explain why a good person does evil things. However, here's where it gets a little interesting. So every <laughs> everyone trying to get a better understanding of Zimbabwe could have uh, such callous disregard for the human life would do well to consider that the influence of his father. Oh, Donald Zabawe, who in the 1980s and 1990s was a highly active member of violently anti-Semitic and anti-government organizations. I'm not going to name the names of any of the organizations, okay. but he was in multiple of these things for anti-Semitic and anti-government organizations. Weird. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, the father was a former prison guard in Minnesota, was arrested in the mid-80s for attacking a GI with nunchucks. He later served time for shooting up a police car. In 1984, Zimbabwe told FBI agents that he participated in mock attacks on law enforcement officers staged by one of these anti-government groups. Wow. And that he uh, said often expressed the desire to kill cops for the cause. You know, that that they say that the influence of like a the father on on a son's behavior right. that could have something to do with it like you know the violence and like making him think that right. this kind of violent behavior is something to be admired or is okay right. so apparently the father uh uh, had seen, you know, he had ammo. He had booby trap mechanisms with blasting caps. He wanted to kill Jews, cops, judges, lawyers, and anyone who didn't agree with him. They did keep pointing out to Zabawa that when he was still resisting admitting to what he'd done, they're like, you know, you killed a kid who's younger than your sister, right? And I right. think that that's kind of when he started to like, geez, I, he, what have I done? So his father, <laughs> this is horrible. So Michael Zabawa. Uh, was just a toddler when his dad did all these things. But at the age of 18, he started to get into a little bit of trouble. He was charged with shoplifting, and it was followed up by a couple of uh, DUI-type situations. And in 2004, he got a conviction for felony theft and criminal property damage. Uh, then, obviously, in the time frame, the murders came came later. Oh, God. Uh, apparently, when uh, Zimbabwe was named as the person... 
that the local newspapers were like, well, I'm not surprised by that. Uh, Wait, f- what? Why weren't they? Should have been because surprised. of the father, Donald. Oh, because Donald but I mean, was such a bad person. But- they they weren't surprised that his son did something like this. Yeah, they, Donald was such a horrible person. They're not surprised Michael didn't turn out. Michael oh, turned okay. out poorly. Well, uh, Donald, the father, died uh, when he choked to death on his own. This is I'm taking the words out of the article. He choked on to death on his own booze soaked vomit in 1998 when Michael was 15. Oh God! So at 15, he had kind uh, of a messed his, up childhood, his, but that doesn't well, excuse mother, any of this. So his mother had uh, uh, had remarried, and there were two more children involved. And I do not know if those were completely step or half or whatever. Okay. So there's two younger children living with Michael, with Donald, excuse me. No, with Michael. Jesus, all these names. With Michael could possibly have been half-sisters. Okay. The mother, Andrea, had said she'd gotten up to use the bathroom and heard the family's dogs barking and looked out when her son came in. She said she heard the door and saw him. Isn't it kind of late? And he said, yeah. And then they both went to bed. So her saying like, well, he came in late, blah, blah, blah. They're, they they were trying- But she never said that he was in early, right? Well, she never right. lied to them. No, she never lied, but she was very upset that they kept saying that she was trying to yeah, give him yeah. a- Because she an was alibi. the one telling him, go to the police, yeah, go to the police, yeah, go to the police. Uh, she, um, didn't deserve, she didn't deserve what he did. Nobody yes. did, but Jesus Christ. And uh, I already told you that the boss called, and there was this huge circle. Everybody in the neighborhood, everybody in the area knew what was going on. Small town. Exactly. When her boss called Andrea and said, you need to, you need to, you know, this is what's going on. They're looking for your son. She said that Andrea seemed shocked. Like, what? What are you, what? What? Had no idea what was going on. Okay. So one of those attached articles that are talking about the situation, and I'm just going to read it to you. When uh, Colombian college senior Sammy Macht was a child, her friend and his father were murdered in her hometown of Osaka, Minnesota. That destroyed me as a seventh grader, and it destroyed our community. It takes away all of your safety and your confidence in the world. Because of that, she is in Columbia University. She is trying to, uh, her career path is in science and forensic evidence. And she is supposed to graduate uh, as a forensic scientist to do with her career. She just lived in the town. She was friends with. Um, Zach? uh, Or not Zach. Alec. Alec. She was friends with Alec. Okay, and his dad prompted her. It caused her, it made her choose her career to get into forensic science to help solve these crimes. small positive out of the terrible story, and we'll never know. And And again, all the articles... All the articles. There's, there's tons no of court documents and everything. There's no clear motive. Yeah. It's it literally it seems like he was drunk. His he wiped out in his truck. He wandered into a house, found guns, shot them, and then left. Yeah. So senseless. So it's, dumb. It's completely senseless. Uh, completely senseless. And his and his mug shots are out there. Yeah. You know, he's he just I don't know. It's just so sad. This stuff's starting to bring me down, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Why, I'm telling you. Why do we stop? We're, we're going to have to do something about a little, puppies well, and butterflies or something. Look, we tried to look for something for Bigfoot, and we couldn't find yeah, anything we nonsense. both like. If I see one more unfocused, uh, finally we have definitive proof. God, I know. Man. We just want some hey. proof, people. We'll, we'll work on it. So on that note. Thanks for listening. Thanks like, for subscribe. Yes. Do that. Like, subscribe. The girl can't have it. She's in love with me. Can't help it. The girl can't help it.